mini episode 1599 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to FDH Lounge Mini Episode 1599. This is FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris here with you, and we have a very special treat, something that we do a lot this time of year. We have with us fitness expert, pop culture expert, and FDH Lounge dignitary, whatever order you want to put those in, John Bastow, the great John Bastow, the legendary John Bastow. A pleasure to have him back on. Uh, You can always check what he's got uh going on at of course his home base at uh, johnbastow.net check him out on twitter at johnbastow and you can keep up with everything that's going on with him motivation fitness pop culture and uh as part of his pop culture credentials every year here we get together we break down what's going on with the oscars and how things went red carpet the ceremony all that good stuff we got it here for you once again Always a pleasure, John Bastow. I always have such fun with this. Uh, I know we're going to again. Thank you so much. Oh, it, it, it's a blast. It is a uh, annual tradition. <laughs> it is something that uh, we much enjoy doing together. And uh, one of the uh, things that we always get into here, what always precedes, of course, the Oscar ceremony itself is, of course, everything with the red carpet and uh I know that you have said on the show here, you've pointed out, I think you've been correct in this, traditionally, relative to the Emmys or certainly the MTV Awards or anything like that, a much more staid kind of a thing here. Uh, It's a little bit more uh, toned down as far as the looks that are presented. But uh, talking to you off air previously, uh, again, I didn't know if it was like finally starting to get to what could be deemed a post-pandemic uh, time here for it or, or something, maybe a different vibe, or maybe I just did a deeper dive than usual. I found 189 different pictures on the Vogue website <laughs> and went through them. And I mean, I got to be honest with you, you know, there might have been like 150 of them that I didn't bat an eyelash at, but the ones I did, I certainly did, John. There, This was a year where... It was probably a little bit out of the ordinary as far as folks willing to be, what would the word be? I guess daring would be the uh, nice word for it. Well, daring and also I think a memo went out uh, that said, wear your best bridal white yes. to a lot of people. And fortunately, Lady Gaga did not get that memo because she actually went uh, off brand as far as that goes and wowed a lot of the critics. But when you have a champagne, and I'm not, I'm not the greatest guy with color, I'm not a super fashion guy, but I mean, I could, even I could tell. If you have a champagne carpet for the first time in like 62 years and white background, why are you wearing white? That's a very good question. These people want to stand out. These people were not meant to blend in. They were meant to stand out. Why are you wearing white when it's champagne and white? I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. And it is a thing where uh, with with what you just said there, the the natural segue for me to start would be noting that, uh, and again, as I was just going through, 
I jotted down, this is essentially all stream of consciousness from me. I just jotted down whatever popped into my mind when I saw what I saw. Rooney Mara, Pilgrim Chic, is what I thought when I looked at her. You're talking about white. Uh, she was ghost white in that apparition that she had on there, John. So, you know, that's... If, if, if she cracked a smile, the uh, sun would start revolving around the earth. Uh, it's just... She she always looks like she's she, and she's she's very pretty and I actually liked her um in, in a lot of the movies she's done and stuff like that but she always looks like she's sitting in a dirty diaper. Yeah, it is just uh, some something about her visage at all times here, whether it's keeping in character or whatever the heck you want to call it. Uh, she's definitely one of a kind, no question about that. But uh, you know, just going through and finding all kinds of different observations about the things that I saw. Uh, and by, by the way, I just have to say one thing. I know you're going to probably bring it up, but my number one choice, because she's wearing my color, she's wearing a JBF, JBFF and also FMS purple, Angela Bassett, killing it. Purple is a color of royalty. Um, she played the uh, queen of uh, Wakanda and best for me, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, and, and she didn't even really stand out that much to me, but I do remember vaguely from the pictures there, and you're right. Yeah, yeah I mean, purple. it was just like... And, and, and to be honest with you, with, with a couple exceptions here, uh, I was mostly finding things to kind of goof on, maybe gently. So that's why it didn't pop out to me. Like you said, she looked good in what that's she why, had That's on. why I had to say it, because she's wearing my collar. Yeah, she's yeah. She's wearing so my I, collar. I wasn't inclined to goof on her. She looked pretty good. So, yeah, so that's why it didn't kind of jump out at me. But the rest of these ones here, you know, all in good fun as far as the observations go. And, and many of these stars are folks that I was not... Uh, that familiar with uh, prior to this, uh, such as uh, this person here, uh, Fon Bing Bing. Green and blue with no segues. That was my uh, thing here. It was like, you know, the arms and the legs being green, like blue right down the middle. And it was just like no transition whatsoever. It was just like slapdash as far as putting that thing together. I mean... Very avant-garde, you know. I, and, and, and also, not not a dress that you would want to go through a narrow doorway in. No, no, you wouldn't. Good that, luck. That, that's, a, that's a dress you go through a doorway sideways in. I was going to say, you try going through sideways, but even then, good luck with that, right? That would be, uh, you know, you, you might leave some of it in the doorway, and that would but be I unfortunate. But I have to give her points. I have to give her points. She stands out against the background. Very she much so, yeah. At least he stands out against the background. I don't care if you're wearing a bedspread, as long as it's not champagne or white. Well, yeah, and I think that's kind of a recurring motif here, is that all of these ones kind of stood out. The ones that I was jotting down notes about, uh, Justin Hurwitz, I looked at it and I said, that guy is just barely badass enough, just barely to pull off the blue velvet tux. I mean, you got to be at a certain level to be able to do that, John. And I think he just squeezed by just enough to be able to pull that one off. Well, if, if I had to go, if I got a chance to go to the Oscars, I, I, I think it was, who was it again? Was it Donald Glover? Who mm -hmm. wore the purple tux? Oh. I was, that, that was badass. And it, deep yes. purple. You got to go with the deepest purple, okay? I think Once so. Again, my quote. I but think that, it was but, Glover. But that was definitely badass. Yes, yes. I think it was Glover, and that was uh, pretty amazing. Uh, this next one here, Harvey Guillen. All I could think when I saw that was designer Moo Moo, which is something I didn't even know existed. But, you know, I guess for awards shows, you can get a designer Moo Moo, right? So, <laughs> who knew? Uh, that, that, when you say that, it's funny because I think of um, yeah, Florence, uh, Florence Pugh, I think she says her last name. <laughs> yes. That was, that, that was quite the, uh, the eye-catching moment. I have to say, though, once again, like we talked about before, many, many shows... It's, I don't think it's a very bad idea. I actually think it's a great idea 
to just dress like the most bizarre batshit crazy you possibly can yeah because everybody's going to talk about it and there are going to be first of all there's going to be some people that are going to like it everybody's going to talk about it but it's going to be the most remembered and it's going to get your name on people's lips and that's what you want that's exactly what you want and uh there are just a lot of these stars here where it seems like that was what the agenda was like what what's going to get me some attention afterwards here uh, basically just spell my name right you know it seems like that was the uh, the motivation on a lot of them leslie patterson it was almost like her designer got a prompt like just throw together random bright colors because that's basically what it was it was just a melange of all these bright colors no discernible pattern but they were all represented uh, it was the roy g biv basically with the colors there <laughs> and, you know, so you know that was daring okay <laughs> well i i hope think sometimes i think sometimes that uh the designers secretly like hate the person that they're working with, uh-huh. and, and you know, you know how you have a best friend who's like the first person who pulls you to the side and say, "Listen, dumbass, you have spinach in your teeth," <laughs> or like, you know, or, or, or looking at somebody like you stepped or, or grabs you to the side and says, "You stepped in toilet tissue and you're tracking it around the entire place." Yep. Fix yourself. Yep. Okay. I mean, I have, I, I have a, 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 a basically a family member who says to me, she goes, she goes, you got bats in the cave. That's if I have like, you know, a dried booger sticking out of my nose or Ooh. something that somebody might see. Okay. Okay. But I mean, that's, that's what you say to, to the most people you love the most. Whereas like, I think some of these designers say, this person's going to look like a crazy mess <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, and God bless it. Just go out there. And they secretly hate them. Well, when we talk about the designers and the way that they're putting things together here, I'm going to apologize in advance to Louis Vuitton for what I'm about to say. Kate Blanchett, my, just you, you want to know what popped into my head when I saw that, that the blouse resembled a shiny blue asymmetrical poncho. I'm sorry. That's just that's what I was thinking when I saw it, John. I'm sure I, that's... I, thought, I thought Amoeba Chic. Well, and, 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 and Kate Blanchett is super cool, by the way. Kate Blanchett is somebody who can go from Oscar performance and in, in like the most avant-garde, esoteric type of film to uh, playing a Hela in uh, Marvel Comics uh, Thor as Thor's evil sister. Right. You know, so she has the range that I mean, she has a career that I think anybody would envy i mean she has she could do anything pretty much yes yes she's got the chops to do a lot of different things and even to pull off a look like this uh faux poncho that she was wearing here so uh big ups to kate blanchett jennifer Connolly. i'm just gonna say it looked like she was wearing a spaceship which is not an observation <laughs> i've made before about anybody on the red carpet here that's just that's what popped into my head john the word that popped into my head when i saw her was severe it just—I I couldn't get past the word severe. Everything with the the hair pull back, the you know the, the the very austere, severe outfit and everything. Um, and she's such a pretty woman too. She's got you know great great bone structure and really, I mean, really pretty. And she's also in like the movie that they say save movies with uh, Top Gun mm-hmm. and every, And that was just a very very severe look for somebody that could have been you know just like a goddess. Yeah, and this is where, again, great minds think alike, because as you were saying severe, maybe it was just the whole thing of synonyms popping in my head. I was about to say austere, but you beat me to the punch. But yes, I think that's a very apropos word uh, for that here. So an interesting choice on her part. And and again, an interesting choice for the next person here, uh, Jesse Buckley, uh, who I first got to be familiar with from uh, the great Fargo season four. 
it looked like in her case it was a tribute to Ziggy Stardust. That's just literally the first thing that popped into my head when I saw that. Bowie must be happy, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually looking. I'm actually. Oh my God! Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh. Right. That. But, 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 but what I now my 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 take on that because you know I try to look at the positive. Okay. okay. I say this is a wonderful gown where you can have a big meal before the Oscars and not have to worry about it. Yes. Because nothing's going to show. Okay, you could have the, you could be having the food, baby, and everything like that, and there's going to be no bump, no nothing. It's just going to be, you're going to be fine. You don't have to worry about a thing, because there's a lot of fabric there. There's there a is. lot of fabric, there and is. a lot of fabric on the on the sleeves is going to make that waist look thinner all the time. Yes. And by the way, as far as how looks go, I, I have to preface this next one uh, by saying. That, uh, again, hats off to Melissa McCarthy for everything that's happened as far as the uh, greater healthiness on her part and uh, things that uh, folks like myself still aspire to. So I want to preface what I'm about to say by saying that. But what she was wearing, it looked like it was from her before wardrobe, John. You know what I'm saying? It was not oh, that she's, flattering. She's also, one of my, she, she's also one of my favorite folk. I just adore her. Yes. I mean, I, I, love, I love her in, in her, even in like that one movie where she played uh, Michelle, Michelle, I forgot what her name was, Michelle something in The Boss. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. She, it, it, she's just hysterical. She's in, talented. In, in, in something. And, and the other one I love was Spy, when mm-hmm. she was... Uh, you know, did like the she was like this a uh, secretary in the in the dungeon of the spy office, like doing all the um you know clerical work. But meanwhile, she was like the most badass on the in the field. Yeah. So that was uh, but 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 she's just she's just kick ass funny. But I'll I'll agree with you on that. I don't think I don't think it was the most flattering outfit. Exactly. You know, you could wear when you've done as great strides as what she's done. I think, and yeah. that's just and I and I adore her. Yeah, yeah, that was my point. Is that like, uh, hey, you know, you've you've earned the right to uh, to wear something a little more flattering than that at this point in time here. But you know, that was uh, so perhaps a backhanded compliment here. I'm going to go against the grain here on how I've been doing music and give a full on compliment. Lenny Kravitz, when I saw him maintaining a 30 year undefeated streak as the coolest looking mofo in any room, Lenny Kravitz just keeps <laughs> it going. You know. <laughs> what can you say about it? Actually, 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 to be honest with you, I don't think you're actually the first person who said that about him. Okay. I think I've literally heard that same exact phrase from somebody else. <laughs> but which, 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 of course, is um, which, of course, is yeah. I mean, he has he gets he gets a lot of folks bothered with that, and 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 he has an ageless quality to him that I think everybody wants to emulate. Exactly, exactly, and that's uh, you know, I'm I'm sure I'm not the first person to make that and observation. I, and I also love people. I love people who are. I mean, I always like to use the word uncancelable. Yes. Um, in the sense of like, because he could wear. You know how you know how there are other people. There are certain people that are always like craving others' approval. Right. Okay. Meaning like they're always, like asking like, oh, is this okay? Is this okay? Is this okay? And what they're doing is they're always like blunting their edges. Like what makes them special? What makes them awesome? They're they're going to dull down because somebody else tells them to dull down to be accepted by them mass society or whatever right lenny kravis doesn't do any of that he does okay just like joe rogan he doesn't do any of that so um and that's what that that's what i respect about people like that in different ways i mean lenny kravis very 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 much with fashion but he would he would literally wear whatever he wants to wear on the red carpet and there will always be somebody saying something good about it there will always be detractors but those detractors will be pushed to the minority because you know he he's an individual and, and i think people respect that more than anything Yes, he's very iconoclastic. I respect that about him. 
yes, uh, will always take my hat off to him in every regard. Uh, the next one here, Lauren Miller. Okay, uh, as I snap back into character and get a little more snarky, that was one where the only thing I could think of when I saw that outfit, that my, my jotted down note was incredible faith in the power of double-sided tape. That, that's all I can think, John. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still got. I, I don't understand exactly how uh, a, a double, how, how strong double-sided tape has to be, but um, it, that that's just interesting. But yeah, no, I, I yeah, 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 yeah. It's because it, 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 that would have been a um a, a wardrobe malfunction waiting yes. to happen. Yes. Well, I'm I'm told. That uh, apparently, and again, but once I, again, that's going to keep the eyes on you. People well, yeah, going to be looking for that. Yes, and I, I, I don't know this, of course, firsthand, but I'm told by friends that the double-sided tape is very powerful indeed. So, uh, Warren Miller, we got through the night apparently without anything happening there. So I guess it worked out in that instance. Uh, but she made it on FDH Lounge. Yeah, so that's a very much so. Made, made our uh, red carpet uh, critique here. Uh, of course, with uh, with Joan Rivers being gone the last several years, I mean somebody has to carry the torch, right? We're keeping this going <laughs> in honor of Joan Rivers and bringing, bringing our particular takes to it. Uh, Alton Mason, this is one where my, the note that I just jotted down is it looked like he wandered in off the set of Shaft. I don't know if I could get canceled for making a joke like that, but that's what it looked like. <laughs> what movie was he in, by the way? I don't remember. Let me see if he's he's got to be listed on the Wikipedia page here for uh, the event. And uh, as I'm doing a quick scan, I, I did remember seeing him on there previously. Yeah, I for, that, for one of these that is also though a. Um, I have to say that is a that that is a form fitting outfit. Yes, yes, and it that was is a form- very seventies, was it not? Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. oh I, I, I definitely, I definitely get the, uh, I definitely get the chef reference. Yeah, yes. that's it. So it's, it's, it's not just me. Or, or, or going back to uh, what was it on? Uh, was it not Nick at Night, but one of the old crime drama things that was on uh, for a while, Starsky and Hutch. Oh was yeah, from way back from way back when. Yeah, from way back when and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, it was was revived on like one of the cable channels, like five, ten years ago, or whatever it was. Yes, and he could have showed up maybe as Huggy Bear's best friend wearing that thing. Yeah. There you go. Absolutely. You That's know. a bingo. And, and that one uh, was uh, that was very interesting as well. And then the, the last one I jotted down a note for, uh, Andrea Riseborough, uh, it looked like she was wearing what was once a very lovely set of drapes that, that appeared to have been converted <laughs> into a dress for the occasion here. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure why I thought that, but I did. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I, there were well, as I said with with, with Florence Pugh. I mean, I, that looked like it was a, a you know a fitted bed sheet that yeah. was just sort of like a, <laughs> so. So I mean, it, it could have been the Bed Bath and Beyond uh, contribution to the uh, to the Oscars uh, Hope Tour. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I get it. I get it. That that is uh, yeah. You know, John, I'm told that Bed Bath and Beyond uh, as a chain is not doing so well. Uh, well, they're maybe, closing. They're, they're dropping like flies over here. They are. That's, they are. So maybe a uh, house like tour. Yes, I mean maybe if they expanded into that, right? If if they tried to get stars like wearing their apparel a little bit more, and our stuff can be converted into gowns for special occasions. I mean, maybe that's a specialty field. Maybe they should be taking business advice from the FDH lounge on this, huh? Because uh, it seemed like a couple stars were going in that direction, anyways. Maybe they could well, double they, down on that for a future thing. 
we do give go-to facts and go-to advice. So that would always be a smart decision on their part. Because if, if, if you're closing a lot of stores, you're doing something wrong. Yes. So do something right. Listen to FDH Lounge. Yes, yes. And you got some of these stars, like like we've said, wearing what appear to be converted uh, bed sheets, converted drapes. Uh, you never know. It, it might be the next Which, big with thing. Myself, though, being a minimalist, myself mm-hmm. being a minimalist and having something that has two functions, that's a that's a win win. Yes. Well, well, I don't think, but I but I don't think it's the best. Uh, it, it's good to get you out. Sometimes, on as I said, on the lips of people that are talking about the fashion of the Oscars and things like that, even if it's for the wrong reasons, as long as you, as long as your name is said. You're a hundred times ahead of the next person, but yeah, if, if if you're going for a certain type of vibe, as far as like uh, you, you know the fitness or the sleek look or the um, you know iconoclastic type of um, you know vibe, like the Lenny Kravitz and stuff has, it's really really hard to do like the swan dress like Bjork, where the fitted bed sheets or you know the the curtain line. Yeah, and that's where you know the the funny thing is. I mean, you know, you're you're talking about uh, the whole thing here with the. Uh, uh, you know, if, if you were to do that in terms of, you know, your your minimalistic uh, kind of sense and everything like that, of course, if we're going to tie this into, of course, your famous Fitness Made uh, Simple videos here, uh, for you, perhaps, it would be like a windowsill version of the drapes so it could show off the abs there. you got to show off the six-pack yeah, abs there. That, 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 that paints you into the most awful corner, my friend, because the thing is... You are just miserable that entire night because you can't have a single thing to eat or drink or anything because all the eyes are going to be on you. That's why I envy the people when they wear those big those big bird type outfits. I'm like, oh, God bless. That's just wonderful. You can have fun. That's right. That's right. Nobody's looking at you. Nobody's judging you. Nobody's no nobody's saying that the uh, the abs look a little puffy tonight, which I'm sure is something that uh, nobody ever drops on you. Uh, the rest of us, perhaps, uh, would be the case, but. Uh, you know, uh, you know that is that is something that definitely probably sounds better in theory than in <laughs> practice. <laughs> but uh, if, if, if you want to make yourself miserable and paint yourself into a corner, that's what you do. So you you, you got you got to have a lot of other bailiwigs going there. I always because fitness is obviously a huge part of my life, which is which is true. But I never wanted it to be the only thing. Sure. Because you do definitely paint yourself into a corner. Because let's put it this way: when you get known for just that, right? When somebody sees you out. I mean, it, let's say you look perfect. They go, oh, wow, he or she, it doesn't matter whether it's a guy or a girl. They go, he or she looks perfect, just like I thought they would. Right. So you're already, that's the zenith. That's the best you can ever, that's the best you can ever achieve, something that they already thought. Yes. Whereas, like, if you look like even, a, if you look slightly off or whatever, and people have, you know, the haters and stuff like that out there, they're like, wow, that, that doesn't, doesn't look at all like he does in the pictures, or she doesn't look at all like she does in the pictures, or I think it was a little off there. So, I mean, it, you can only go down. So, it's it's uh, basically, if you get known only for that, it's uh, you paint yourself into a corner, and it leads to not only limited returns, but also diminishing returns. Because once you do get known only for that, people think you can't do another damn thing. Yes. So, bottom line is, the best you could ever be is what they think of you already, okay? So, you're never going to achieve higher than that. And then, you, you can never go to a bounce to another level or something like that if you don't you know, get known for certain things, other things right away, like I made sure I did, um, you can go from one thing to another. Um, because if you get pigeonholed in that fitness stereotype only, it's extremely limiting. And it's a, an ex- it's a closed circle that just gets tighter and tighter. Absolutely. And that's where, and again, and you've joked about this on the show when I've introduced you as a fitness expert and pop culture uh, expert that uh, you generally don't get a whole lot of overlap between the two things here. 
Uh, I, I might be one of the rare people who could give you a, a run for your money as far as disparate things. This was at the same point in time, John, at, at the Cleveland Athletic Club, the late lamented Cleveland Athletic Club back in the day, being both the club pro in the bowling center and the marketing director for the institution. Beat that one for diversity, huh? <laughs> oh, how, how about how about being known for fitness made simple, then pop culture doing it on news like uh, AOL, HuffPo, um, you know, a, a, a entertainment a magazine stuff like that, and then and then then venturing off having JB's fantastic finds where you're yes. um, auctioning off. Uh, trinkets and treasures bringing joy to people's lives in something you've never done before. So that, yes. that, that none, none of those three things are related. None you, of those three. But you, they all, they're all extremely enjoyable, um, you know, to me and different parts of my personality, yes. which, which is, which is uh, you know, why I like having them. You, you've got me beat for disparate things here, yes, particularly when you factor in the JV's fantastic finds. Absolutely. Uh, they, they I mean, that... Where, where the hell did that come from? The master bizarre, of reinvention. That bizarre side hustle that grew from nowhere. You've got to be kidding. That yeah, thing. it's incredible. I mean, it uh, reminiscent of, and, and I don't know if this is a gentleman you've ever heard of, but uh, the, the the pro wrestler Chris Jericho, who's now in his 50s. Yes. yes, a guy who's reinvented himself a bunch of times, has a rock band, has worked a lot of gimmicks. But even that, it's just it's a rock band, and most of the other stuff is... Although I guess he's done a little bit of uh, appearing on different types of uh, game shows and stuff like that, but most most of it's within the realm of pro wrestling. You're you're finding many different genres here, so you're the one guy that Chris Jericho would look at and say, "I wish I could reinvent myself like John Bastow does." But uh, they, uh, I've always gotten along great with a lot of the uh, the the MMA folk and the uh, and wrestling folk were huge fans of Fitness Made Simple. So mm -hmm. whenever they saw me in other things, they tweet about things. I'd, I'd see like people that I didn't recognize in in in, in those sports, and they they were amazing because I meet a lot of them at conventions and I meet a lot of them at expos and things like that. When I was doing um, even before Fitness Made Simple, when I was doing like fitness modeling and things, mm -hmm. and then throughout Fitness Made Simple, and then and then beyond that. So it was funny. I remember one time when I first started on Twitter, uh, there were a bunch of the wrestlers. I forgot who was the one who was spearheading it. Uh, it was the guy. He, he was another guy who was known as like a pompous guy in the ring, but, you know, very put together dude. But I remember I remember they said, we need to start a movement to get John Bastow verified. I, nobody asked for this. I, I, was not even, I didn't know what they were talking about, but I would see all these tweets about them tweeting to get me verified. on, And then I did get verified on Twitter. But it was like when I first started, and I'm like, wow, that's just bizarre. That's incredible. That really is. And you know what? I'd love to know the crossover on the Venn diagram. Uh, as somebody who's interviewed a number of pro wrestlers on this show, pro wrestlers who have tweeted in support of you or been fans of yours and who have also appeared on this show as guests, now I can't help but laugh thinking about that. There's got to be some crossover there. There were. It, it, you know, you, you see on Twitter the mentions. So yeah. a lot of times, and I, I, would, I would recognize the name, and, I have a, and at that point I had a buddy, um, I remember, um, uh, who was very, very into wrestling. He... Um, was a he was a YouTube personality and he had a YouTube show where he did pop culture things and it was when I was getting into you know pop culture stuff and, and putting more I guess more things on Twitter or whatever um, and uh, and he was saying all the wrestlers tweet about you all the wrestlers tweet about you and he was just so I mean he, he was just over the moon about it I'm like oh that's so nice I gotta thank him he goes you can't believe it this one did it and this one did it and and I I don't really watch it so I didn't know I mean and I think what they do, what they do is great I just you know, I'm just swamped with all the other crap going sure. on in my life. But but I think it's awesome what they do. And 
of those are ones, whenever they go to any events, they're always a big uh, show on the uh, the big uh, on the red carpet as well. They're, whenever they're representing at any kind of event. So I don't think there was any of them at the Oscars here this year, but they're always uh, folks who managed to stand out because uh, chore- choreography, costuming, obviously being a part of their day job here. Uh, was there anybody else from the, from the red carpet I didn't mention that really kind of caught your eye this year? Um, that caught my eye. I, uh, Rihanna was uh, Rihanna. Um, you know, coming coming to the Oscars, also being off brand and not white, mm-hmm. was uh, was good. But the other one who caught my eye was going back to once again Black Panther. I love Denai Guerrero, but she is um, from Black Panther. Uh, she, she was uh, Michonne on mm-hmm. um, uh, Walking Dead, and I got into Walking Dead because I had to do a. Uh, a brand deal thing with them. I'd never watched the show, but they had, when I was doing the YouTube thing, once again, uh, the, one of the people, I guess, representing me or one of the companies representing me for YouTube. So they want you to do this thing for the walking dead. And, and I had to learn about the series and I actually got really, really hooked on it. I really fell in love with it. And, um, you know, she was, she was really cool in the red car, but she had that huge hairdo. Mm-hmm. And once again, a hairdo that could not go in a small ceiling. She could never go in my mom's <laughs> basement. Um, but she, she, she looked great as well. I thought her and Angela Bassett were two of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. W- looked good. And, uh, Angela Bassett, as you said, uh, really in a, in a classic kind of a way, uh, really kind of rocking it and, uh, looking timeless there, uh, at it. And, uh, again, uh, the Oscars, uh, themselves, uh, of course, uh, no pop moment, uh, a pop culture moment, uh, this year, like, uh, last year with the slap heard around the world or a couple of years ago with, uh, the wrong best picture getting announced. So, uh, you know, ne- next to two of the most famous moments in the history of any awards shows, which we've had in the last several years, uh, no moments that really kind of leaped off the page here, but there were a number of things. And as far as winners and feel good moments and things like that, uh, it was, uh, generally speaking, uh, a well-received affair, it seemed like, in terms of public acclaim. Uh, the ratings uh, didn't really bear that out, but they've been down the last couple of years anyways. So, How did, how did it compare to last Because that's one thing I didn't even look up, and you're, you're always good at the stats. How did it compare to last year and the year before? It was, uh, I think it was up slightly vis-a-vis where it had been. Uh, and that, well, actually, let's see. 12.12% viewership increase from the previous year, yeah, but third lowest ever in history, 18.7 million viewers. So, you know, it's you know better than uh, it, it had been the previous year, but that was a very low bar. Uh, but that's one of those things. You know, we always say in Cleveland, because uh, in 1981, I think it was uh, maybe about 4,000 people there, Len Barker, when he threw his perfect game for the Indians, and, like, there's hundreds of thousands of people that'll tell you were there that night. Well, I don't care what the ratings were last year. You probably have 300 million people domestically that are telling you they saw the slap heard around the world. So that's one of those things where, you know, I'm going to want to see receipts when people are talking about, oh, I saw it, it was incredible. Well, if the ratings were lower than this year, I don't think half the people that said that they, they saw uh, Chris Rock just about damn near get knocked on his ass. Uh, clearly, you know, only a fraction of the people claiming they saw it actually saw it. Well, once again, that's see the thing is, it would be hard for that the last year's ratings to be big because the thing is, the slap happened during the show. Right. I would think this year's ratings would be better, would be bigger because people were one may have been thinking, I wonder what's going to happen. I wonder what they're going to do because now they know that that happened. If it if, if it's happening and the people are not already there. 
by the time they tune in, it's already happened. And most people are not like able to tune in. It's not like they're glued to the entertainment channel where they know that the slap happened and they tune in the next half hour. That's true. I mean, it probably it probably did get higher ratings later on in the show to find out what happened. Yeah. But it's just too soon. It's not like if, if a slap happened a day before, that would be a different story. Then you have that 24-hour news cycle to get people excited and then watch the show. But if it's happening during the show and nobody's already watching, you know, I mean, just because people are talking about it on Twitter, are not going to get tons of people watching. I agree, definitely. Uh, one of the things that's been an evergreen in recent years, along with the lower ratings, has been uh, notable omissions from In Memoriam. And uh, once again here, uh, you know, so uh, the late, great Tony Sirico, uh, no, no, no mention of him, and uh, a whole bunch of others, like year in and year out, it just ends up being a bunch of notable omissions here. So, yeah. uh, unfortunate that they never seem to get it uh, fully captured in any of these years here. I mean, you're you're maybe not going to think of a hundred percent of the people, but you know, some of them. I mean, uh, you know, Paul Sorvino, pretty well known actor, right? You know, so some of these ones, uh, you know, Cindy Williams. It's like, come on now, how, how do you think to leave these guys out? From Laverne and Shirley, you mean? Yes, yes. Just wow. very, uh, very sad that uh, that that she was uh, omitted. Well, and that she passed away first and foremost. But uh, right. you know, yeah. So uh, getting left out. But uh, I, I do think overall the story of the night tended to be kind of feel good type things here. So uh, of course, you and I talked off air a little bit about uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, that being yes. a movie that. Uh, really kind of spearheaded what is, was felt to be a breakthrough night for Asians as far as recognition in Hollywood. And uh, Michelle Yeoh capping off uh, some, a, a, a rise from somebody who had been in uh, Pacific Rim, uh, you know, action movies uh, and everything like that to, to getting to the ultimate. And also of, Kiwi Kwan. Yes. Um, you know, from back, from back in the day, um, what was he in the original Raiders of the Lost Ark? Was, or I think it was Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom, I think he was in, with yes. Harrison Ford. And he was a short round, yes. who was, uh, you know, the breakout kid star from that. And then for him to be on uh, the Oscars, however many how many, many years later, what is that, 30 or more years later? Yes. Um, you know, uh, basically doing the same hug with Harrison Ford on stage. Yes. Um, at the end, that was a feel-good moment. He had a great speech, too. And, um, and, and a lot of the... I mean, from looking from the feel good por portion, and I also I was like a comeback story. A lot of it um, with the winners. I mean, you're talking about Brendan Fraser. You're talking about him. You're talking about Michelle Yeoh. These are people that I read about um, when you, you. We always have the show coming up, so you always ask me uh, to do it. So I try to do a little bit of, of looking into it. Um, and one of the things was, I mean, a lot of these people actually had gotten to the point that they were going to quit the business. I mean, Brendan Fraser's been in the business over 30 years, but he was at a point where he was quitting. And this, these are huge comeback wins. To win an Oscar when at one point you were at the point of quitting, that's amazing. I mean, Michelle Yeoh was also put in that category. Um, Kiwi Kwan um, and Jamie Lee Curtis, another one. I mean, these are huge comeback stories. Yes. And in the case of uh, Brendan Fraser, a couple of the things that really kind of make it stand out is and that, inspiring. Yeah, well, I mean, again, you know, when he walked away, it was a thing where he had been, I don't remember which of the two it was, and both are, like, very, very bad. If it was that he had been sexually assaulted or sexually harassed by one oh, of wow. these predators out there. Either way, it's bad, regardless of what it had been. But as far as that went, you know, the things that kind of drove him out. But this was a thing I commented to you off-air previously, 
was that this is a guy that, like, back in the 90s, you know, really kind of more of like a popcorn movie kind of a guy. And so to be able to go from that to being a star of the very big screen and these big box office movies that don't often, you know, translate, quite frankly, to a Best Actor nomination, to the kind of a role that gets you nominated for Best Actor and to pull it off sufficient to win it. And this is a thing where, I mean, if we go back to you know, the wrestling analogy, best actor, best actress. I look at that in terms of your pedigree. That would be like in wrestling or any of the non-work sports like boxing or MMA, like you're the heavyweight champion of the world, right? If that's if, if you've won best actor or best actress, that's the top of the industry. And Brendan Fraser... And also the top of the mainstream industry. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, to, to get that and to get that kind of recognition, I mean, that man is essentially the world heavyweight champion of uh, male actors in Hollywood for 2022. Well, they, you, do realize, you do realize that you had two of the best actor winners. You had best actor in Brendan Fraser and best supporting actor in Kiwi Kwan were both in Encino Man back in the day. That is incredible. I kept thinking Brendan Fraser wasn't he like Tarzan it was George of the Jungle he was in the, the George of the Jungle which was like a Tarzan okay. takeoff type movie okay you know and, and that's when and he had to get super lean and ripped and the abs you were talking about before and everything like that and then to also win for the whale you're talking about another person that has incredible range and how could you ever have predicted something like that it, it shows the different twists and turns and the major dramatic twists and turns somebody's life and also career life can have which is totally unexpected stuff well yeah and that's the thing here you know again when we trace out and and it it, maybe if we're looking for an overall theme for for this year one of them would probably be like the long arc of history because when you look at again you know michelle yo's career as we talked about the, the the way that it started what it's progressed through brendan frazier that's one hell of an arc many many different sub arcs unto itself one of the best actor, supporting actor nominees, Judd Hirsch, I read that he had been nominated for uh, an Oscar in 1980. He marks the furthest point in between two nominations, 43 years. You think about that journey, you wow. think about everything Judd Hirsch has done. He gets nominated in 1980 and in 2023. That is absolutely just incredible. I mean, that that's that's like one of those things where like, when you hear a statistic like, Donald Rumsfeld was both the youngest and the oldest Secretary of Defense because he served in the Ford and the W. Bush administrations. It's like, to be able to bookend a period of time like that, 43 years for Judd Hirsch is incredible. That, that, and, but, but to also, and once again, this is going to have ebbs and flows. There's going to have hills and valleys in a yeah. career like that. It always, you're never going to have, like, you're never going to be able to ride the wave all on the top, and you're never going to be on the bottom either. But the thing is to be relevant, to have that relevance of over 43 years that somebody still knows your name to that level, that's, that is iconic. That is very iconic. Absolutely. And when we're Legendary. Ta- oh, yeah, yeah. And when we're talking about everything, everywhere, all at once, uh, the best supporting actress winner, Jamie Lee Curtis, talk about you know reinvention and the peaks and valleys. I was just reading recently her story of addiction, which I think had been pretty much kind of kayfabed from the public. I don't think it was well known, if it was known at all, uh, what she had gone through previously uh, with I think prescription medication and the like. So uh, one incredible comeback for her. So. Just you had so many folks that were representing well, she, this she year, also, but she, she's she's had a lot of iconic moments in the sense of, um, I, and she's also been very blunt and very open about a lot of things that I've seen. She's been very raw about things, but also with uh, aging and stuff like that, she's been very raw and done a lot of things that many 
actresses um, and people known for their looks and stuff like that. Because when she first came out, she was known as, you know, Janet Lee's, what is it, Janet Lee's daughter and also a bombshell and all that stuff with yes. her initial movies. So you're talking, you're, you're, I mean, you're, you're, she goes from that to, um, you know, the, the slasher movie Queen. And then also one of the, I think one of her best quotes she had was when for Halloween coming out and she saying the number being a 50 plus year old actress on the number one rated, uh, the number one box office movie uh, in the country right now. That was, a, that's a milestone moment. Yeah. And uh, it definitely is and just a number of folks here uh, who had that uh, happen of just, uh, you know, ha- having this, this night sort of culminate a, a long arc in their career. And, uh, the movie that uh, wanted for Jamie Lee Curtis, again, one of the best decorated movies of all time at the Oscars, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. I will say that a uh, good friend of the show, and uh, you know, while you are a, uh, of course, uh, fitness icon, uh, and a, an, uh, an icon in the making in the health and wellness uh, business, our friend Maya Master, you can find her on Twitter, at Chaotic Goodis, uh, she had seen that, and she has described the movie as just being so dizzying and so just, she said it was just such an emotional experience, just so much, just, to, I was reading her, you know, kind of recap, a brief recap of it, of just, you know, what a dizzying, wearying kind of a thing it is, and this is somebody who's got ADHD watching that movie, which I can't even imagine wow. uh, being the case. So, yeah, so it's a thing where, uh, as I had said to you off air, like, I'm not good at, you know, watching things that, like, demand my full attention because I am a world-class multitasker, but I might have to make this an exception. I might have to drop everything and watch this one based on her recommendation of it. It does sound like it's an experience you will not soon forget. I think I'm going to join you in that. Yeah, de- definitely. I don't remember. See, because I love going to the movies and, and, and the whole movie experience. I don't even remember that one being in the theater. I was I was talking to you off-camera about that um, and off-tape about that i don't remember that one even being in the theater uh when and i mean i know it was 2022 but i remember seeing a poster for it or anything yes yes and uh i i will say also too to tie back to an earlier moment in our discussion with the red carpet here so our, uh, our good friend of the show ms master who uh essentially uh you know as is the case with a lot of these uh influencer types uh you know her life is essentially a sort of the truman show so, you know, all things are kind of shared on there. Uh, she is somebody who also has apparently a, a very dedicated uh, attachment to uh, the, the worth of double-sided tape. As she was describing, she's got her uh, uh, bridal gown here, and uh, she's got friends and family that are concerned for her. But she, she, she appears to have great faith in it and the ability to get through the day unscathed, as it were. So fingers crossed for her that that turns out to be the case. But uh, based on the experience of Warren Miller... Uh, double-sided tape actually is a thing that really works. So uh, as far as some of the other uh, n- notable things here with the uh, the ceremony here, uh, of course, uh, we did not have Chris Rock hosting it again because I think he probably had enough of that for one lifetime. Uh, <laughs> it was back to Jimmy Kimmel who, quite frankly, I prefer the Man Show era Jimmy Kimmel to the Blue Pill Jimmy Kimmel of today. But... You, you have said that many, many times. Yes, yes, and that's... I mean, that's that's my opinion. So I I don't know. I just I don't find him to be as funny. It seems like he 
you know, pulls punches on a lot of different things these days because the humor wouldn't. And it is a different time and place in the entertainment business as far as the things you can get away with. And, you know, I, I mean, I'm not asking for him to do the Oscars with girls jumping on trampolines, you know, like he used to have back in the day. But, you know, if it was a little bit closer to that point, I wouldn't mind. And uh, one, one of the pre-show hosts, Ashley Graham, who was responsible for one of our funniest moments in the history of covering the Oscars, where I think, wasn't she described years ago, that dress of something like blood sausage, you know, and everything like that? You, you and I were giggling about that, that somebody described that red dress she was in some years ago. Uh, and it was, they, they described it very cruelly. But uh, she, she had a, kind of a notable moment with... Uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, I, I forget the name of the uh, actor on the. Uh, oh, Hugh Grant on on the red carpet there. And, oh, are you, are you talking about Andy Mc? Oh, oh, you're, oh you're uh, talking about um, a- Ashley uh, Graham. She was uh, she was Ashley interviewing. Graham, uh, yes. She was interviewing Hugh Grant, and uh, and, and he, he was extremely unenthused. Yes. 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 Seemed like he would have been you know anywhere else at that point in time. So, uh, you know, I I, I don't. I, I don't know. Although, although I have to say, well, and, and I, I had seen a little bit about that, and also his eye roll and everything, and he got he got vilified on Twitter for that. But he did have an extremely funny moment on camera. You grant when he's with uh, he was presenting with Andy McDowell, and he says uh, she used she's used moisturizer for twenty nine years and looks great. I basically look like a scrotum. <laughs> so I mean, that was just, that was that was that that that, that, that to me is a, an iconic little line too, which is sort of funny. Yeah, uh, you know. Because like, that, that made me pretty much like spit out a drink. So. <laughs> yeah, self-deprecating, but also you can't argue with it at the same point in time. So that Ashley Graham interview was before the Oscars, I think it wasn't it. Yes. Um, and you know, he just seemed like uh, I, I saw clips of that, and he just looked like he, he, he defined the words "too through." He was he was what I call "tt too yes. through." He just did not want to be bothered. It's what some of these British actors like they get, and I think they have too much faith in their ability to be charming. Like, I'm just gonna be, take this sardonic kind of air, and everybody will think I'm being cool. But yeah, you know, you got to be able to well, carry and, but on. But sometimes I'm also the fact that I've been in like a similar situations, and I in the beginning, I always loved it. I mean, I dreamed to be in those situations. So when I was interviewed for different things, I was. You know, and, and I still am always super nice and always on. You always want to be that way. But as things grew on and there were always people, you know, grabbing at you and, and doing this. And sometimes you could just be having a shitty bad day, just sure. a badass day. And you don't want to be bothered. Right. And you don't want to be on. And then all of a sudden, one of them grabs you to do something. And you don't have that. You don't have that uh, camera ready persona ready to just snap on. It just has to come out once, and then everybody calls you a bastard or a bitch or whatever. Um, but it, it's just being human. Some people just have bad days, so I'm I'm very I'm very lenient on stuff like that because I mean I'm I come from uh, the world of always wanting to have it, and and I did have it in spades for a long time, and I loved it. But it got to the point where there are times when I never I never acted like that, but I could understand why people would. The only, so I, I see, I see with those colored glasses. The only counterpoint I'm going to give you, and I've I've had two such days in in recent weeks where it just seems, and like the whole world is tugging at you, and it's just one of those days and everything like that. I get it, 
but this is the red carpet at the Oscars, okay? Can, can you can you not be on Agreed. for the red carpet at the Oscars, John? You know what I mean? Agreed, agree, <laughs> uh, agree. But it's also before the Oscars, and some of these people aren't as savvy when it comes to social media and stuff like that. And when they're racing, I mean, I don't know. He could have been going wanting to go to the bathroom and have a full bladder and ready to pee. I have no idea what the situation was at that point. Well, but um, and just didn't want to be bothered, or he could have just gotten a real crappy phone call about losing a part that he had wanted or getting bad news about something or other. And you just don't know. And sometimes you just don't have a chance to regroup that well, but you're, you're point taken. I mean, you know, you're at the Oscars, you know, the cameras are going to be on you, you know, the eyeballs are going to be on you. And you know, a lot of haters are going to be waiting to say something nasty, but sometimes you can, you think all of that, to be honest with you and just say, I really don't care. (laughs) Well, speaking of not being savvy, rumor has it that uh, he's also not always been that savvy about the proximity of the police once he welcomes a young lady into his car, (laughs) but you know, but that's another story for another day. Yeah. What were you thinking? (laughs) Well, that just, well, once again, much like this, that just goes under the heading of Poe judgment. So it is, it's a common theme of Poe judgment, whether it be, um, you know, that, and this is a little bit less so. But um, yeah, that was quite that, that was quite the headline that made all the news. Well, you know, and here's the thing too, because I, I think he actually miscalculated if he thought this was going to be the case. Do you think it could have been a thing of like, if I have a rude enough moment for her on the red carpet, maybe that'll be the first line of my obituary, rather than getting a blowy in a car and getting busted by the cops? You know, well, I don't think I don't think I, in a pre, in a quick pre interview with Ashley Graham, I don't think that would qualify <laughs> as, as as noteworthy enough for that. However. Saying I look like a scrotum yes. on national TV with the Oscars, <laughs> I could see that possibly outweighing it. Not not that I necessarily not that he necessarily would want that, right? But, it would, Jonathan, but I could definitely see that being taken as as a quote saying, you know, I could see that being a meme saying, I look like a scrotum. I yes. look like a scrotum. I look like a scrotum. You know, over and over again. John, I, I would say if we factor in recency bias, maybe he did succeed in knocking down the blowy in the car to number two. So, uh, in which case, that was that that that, that was, and, and not only that, but that served that line served two purposes. First of all, it was self-deprecated and funny for him, who 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 I, you were just talking about is, is thought of as you know an uppity you know blowhard or whatever. If, if based on that previous interview, I you know not being courteous to an interviewer and stuff, but that was an extremely self-deprecated joking moment and it was also something that elevated his partner on stage to um you know a, a, a nice status so it was a compliment for another person and a dig on himself that's true yes he he did manage uh, both of those things here at once and, and i will say also too if we're talking about aging the one other thing that i wanted to think to mention here and i saw this guy getting interviewed recently on tv didn't realize how old he was but the uh the nominee uh, John Williams getting uh, nominated here uh, for uh, one of the music categories here. 90 years old. I saw wow. a guy getting interviewed on TV recently would not have believed 90. Because I've known people that are at that point in time here. And it's a thing of like, I haven't known anybody that's 90 that hasn't been at least slowed a little bit as far as like if they were getting interviewed like he was or anything like that. Holy crap. I mean, and for how hard he's still working right now and everything like that, I mean, you know, dude, dude could blow past 100 probably and still be getting noted up there and, and, and winning awards into the 2030s. Who'd bet against him, right? Well, that's like, I mean, I, I've heard people say in politics and also in uh, you know Hollywood and other things, 
oh, that person's a young 60 or that person's a young 70 or that person's an old 30. Um, and that's what that's what they're talking about. You know, there, there's some people where age is just a number. And I mean, you know, and you know, people say, oh, age is just a number and mine is unlisted. But I mean, the thing is, you can be uh, have all your faculties. It depends what other things you do and how you take care of yourself. Just because you saw your parents or your grandparents or your friends, parents or grandparents degrade to a certain level at their old age doesn't mean it has to happen to you. Right. You want to always look at you want always want to look at and emulate people that you admire and are doing things that you want to be doing at that age. And you're always going to be able to find them. There are people that could be in their 50s that look like they're in their 20s. I've seen them. And it, it, so it, a lot of all those things are possible based on when you realize that you have a lot more control over certain things than you ever thought possible. Absolutely, yes. And uh, he's very inspiring in that regard. John Williams being 90 and holding up as well as he is. And so, yeah, I thought that was uh, pretty incredible. But uh, were there any other notes uh, from the Oscars? Anything else that uh, jumped out at you, uh, John, that we haven't covered yet? Um, I, I, I thought Jimmy Kimmel's actually, I mean, you know, valid points on all you did with him. I thought, I thought the top, I thought the uh, Top Gun sketch of him, you know, jumping out of the plane was cute. I okay. thought that was clever. Okay. And I thought it was, I thought it was very cool um, that they included like a movie like Top Gun. A lot of huge blockbuster movies are not necessarily movies that are showcased on the Oscars. I mean, I mean, uh, a few years ago, we were just talking about off camera too. Um, about that movie Parasite uh, from what, what was it, 2019? You said, yes. Um, you know, was was a winner at all the Oscars, and I did see it afterwards. But it was a movie with subtitles that you had to actually read the whole movie, which is something I never would have done if I didn't see the Oscars and things like that, and then want to see it. And it was actually a great story. But you very rarely do you see a movie that has the blockbuster success of like a Top Gun and stuff like that and also getting nominated for some Oscars. Granted, it didn't win and stuff like that, but I mean, it, it was a major force in the Oscars and to lead off uh, with Jimmy Kimmel, you know, jumping out of the plane and stuff like that, it also reinforces how that movie, rightfully so, is credited uh, for bringing back movies after the pandemic. Yes, yes. It definitely played a significant role uh, in that way and it was something that people were looking forward to seeing. And it was uh, something that, uh, again, was very deserving of uh, all of the acclaim that it ended up with. And as you said, kind of rare for it to be, uh, for a movie like that, to be nominated for Best Picture. That being said, it was kind of inevitable that would start being the case once they expanded to 10 in that category from 5. That's what kind of opened the door, because if it was still just 5, you wouldn't be seeing it. I forgot about that because I was watching that. I, I was watching that part live on the show, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Oh my god, it's not over yet!" It's and then I realized, and then, I, then I'm like, "Oh yeah, they expanded to ten. I forgot." Yeah. Because um, you know, because I, I think I was on the elliptical machine at the gym, to be honest with you. And I'm like, I'm, I'm watching, and I'm like, "Okay, why are they still saying nominees? Did I, are we in another category? Yeah. What, what category? And I'm like, oh yeah, we expanded to ten. Okay. Yeah. And that's uh, that's kind of a byproduct of that. Is it? It's a lot. That, it, that's that's a lot. It's, it's nice. That, that's a nice thing to give a lot of extra movies recognition. But there's still only going to be one winner. Yes, and uh, it was it was one where again it goes down as one of the most decorated ones of all time. Everything, everywhere, all at once. And uh, again, yeah, it, it caught the attention of you and I. I'm sure we'll both be checking it out here in the uh, time ahead. But. Uh, Again, uh, a very interesting uh, Oscars here. Uh, again, you know, didn't really have the water cooler moments of uh, some of the years past, but uh, thoroughly interesting top to bottom. And, and again, a lot of 
uh, not necessarily redemption arcs, I would say, but just the whole thing of like some of some of the winners, sort of the long sweep of their careers, uh, having it. And again, in the case of Judd Hirsch, it was just that he was nominated 43 years uh, after his first nomination, so he didn't win this time for the Fablemans. But uh, a, a lot of just very interesting stories and culminations and things like that. So on a human level, probably more interesting than usual, and uh, a red carpet more interesting than usual. I, we can certainly hope for more of the same in 2024, uh, because out of all the, th uh, the the segments of any of the shows I do, one of the most fun things of the year within the very fun Oscar segment is breaking down red carpet stuff with you. So here's hoping for more material next year, John. <laughs> well, I, I, I do think a lot of the stories were inspiring, and that's good, because I always like to have a, that, that positive moment. And I think that a lot of the speeches and also seeing people that, you know, had, had gotten to, to ground zero and the thing of, um, you know, wanting to quit and you know, rethinking their whole decision to be an actor and then coming up and winning an Oscar just shows that anything is possible. And I think that's very inspiring to a lot of people out there who may be facing haters, who may be facing doubters, who may be facing naysayers about whatever dream they have in whatever profession or whatever things they want to do in their life. And I think that's a little nugget of inspiration that they can hold on to to say, I can do this. Absolutely. A lot of stories of perseverance this year. And uh, that was uh, very excellent uh, to see as well. But uh, John Bastow, always a pleasure. And I know that uh, you were uh, the busiest man on two feet here. So uh, a tremendous honor uh, for you to uh, come on with us and uh, break this down here. It is something that we always enjoy doing. Thank you so much for your time, John. Well, you know, as I said, of all the titles you have for me, FDH Dignitary, <laughs> that's that, that, that right there is the zenith. Yes, yes. We want that to be a very meaningful one. And uh, you have uh, many titles of distinction here. I'm very pleased that we add one alongside all the other ones that you had earned previously. And uh, always a pleasure, uh, John. Always look forward to doing these segments. I can't thank you enough. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in to FDH Lounge Mini, episode 1599.